Welcome to the Audit 15 Fund podcast. My goal with the podcast is to bring relevant internal audit topics to the table at least every 15 days. Today, we're going to be talking about how performance is the new assurance. And to talk about that topic, I have Bruce McQuay as my guest. Bruce is a CPA and a pioneer practitioner and innovator in the governance, risk, and compliance space for over 40 years. Bruce joined Gulf Oil Oil Canada as an internal auditor, where he ultimately became the chief audit executive. Bruce has held several roles at Thomson Reuters, SAP, and various roles related to marketing, sale, and implementation of audit, compliance, and risk management software. Welcome, Bruce, to the podcast. It's an honor to have you on. Thank you, John, and uh, thank you for having me. It's a welcome to be here. It's an honor to be here. Sorry. Yes, absolutely. So, performance is the new assurance. So you have said this in the past, assurance without performance is useless. Reliable, predictable performance is the de facto evidence of assurance. Nothing else is needed. Can you expand on that statement? John, I was uh, made that statement and I do believe that statement, in the, but I made it in the context of the IIA mission statement, and I was trying to suggest an alternative or a, a better way to state an IIA mission. If you read the IIA mission statement, then I realize it's being updated, I believe, through a process uh, right now, but it says enhance and protect organizational value. I have no idea what organizational value is. You don't have to tell me. It doesn't seem to be economic value, but it's a mystery to me as to what it is. By providing risk-based, uh, it's a risk-based approach. I, I've seen no evidence that risk-based approaches are better or worse than a variety of other approaches, and I'll suggest another approach, and uh, objective assurance. Um, I, I don't know what assurance is anymore. I used to know it in a financial reporting context, but I know if you look it up, it's hope. Of all those things, uh, the only thing that's real is performance. You can identify performance and you can measure performance. And my view is if you uh, have an organization that is uh, achieving its performance targets, you can work backwards from there. You've got a performance target of, say, you know, finding oil and gas at uh, X dollars a barrel, or you can have a, a, a goal of, a, of achieving a certain sales target. If the organization achieves its goals, it's doing something right. And what you need to do is work backwards. What measures do they have in place to, to accomplish that? And are those measures uh, sufficient and robust enough to ensure performance uh, is reliable and predictable. That's what I'm looking at. So this business about organizational value, this business about assurance, this business about uh, uh, objectivity, uh, skip right over that. Now, the IIA suggests uh, risk rating the audit universe. I'm saying value rate the audit universe and performance rate the value rated audit universe. Look for the things that create value in the organization. In my experience, um, Perhaps 30% of the activities in a successful organization directly create value. The other 70% might be uh, compulsory. They might be compliance things that you have to do. They might be necessary. You've got to clean the office and build parking lots and paper buildings and have all kinds of other stuff that you, know, you need to run the corporation, but they don't create value. Uh, so I'm saying to auditors, Go right to the value of the business and go right to performance. If you want to know where to direct audit resources, uh, you can learn by understanding what companies are doing correctly and perhaps transfer that knowledge to 
other parts of the business. Uh, but if you see an area where the company is not performing to meet its objectives in a value-adding activity, uh, perhaps you can improve their performance by, by, by consulting with them. Here's what you need to do. Here are some control techniques. Here are some best practices. Here's some risks you're not considering. Here's some metrics you should be looking at. So I'm, I'm going right to the juggler and saying performance. If you can perform, that's the assurance you need. Performance is assurance. Controls are not assurance. Performance is assurance. That's it. And if you can perform in value-adding activities, you'll add economic value. Organizational value, I don't know what that is. Economic value, I, I, can, I can explain. Uh, when stock analysts, when market analysts look at internal audit departments and say, gee, they've got a great internal audit department. Uh, I'm going to increase the share price multiple for this company by a factor of you know, by one or two times because I know they're improving performance and helping the business. That's adding value. But I'm just trying to get it real. And right now, I don't think it's real. I don't think any other uh, organization can get away with such a fluffy mission statement as the IIA. Basically, with the, I, the mission statement of the IIA is to be wise. That's it. Uh, I don't see outcomes here. Sorry, I'm... You, you. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm retired now. I'm independent of the objective. That's my <laughs> yes, no, that's good. That's good. Uh, so talking about those value adding activities and you had some other, uh, another um, sentence that I thought it was interesting. It says automating today's audit practices will allow auditors to continue to go nowhere, but at the speed of light. Okay. So can you expand on that statement? And then my follow-up question to that is, so where can they, what are some value adding practices and tools that they can use? Sure. If, you know, all we're doing is just doing things that maybe don't add value, but just faster. Okay. Well, let's, say, let's start answer the first part of that question and then delve into the second part. Uh, what I'm saying is that, and I have, uh, I guess the unique perspective I can bring and others can bring this perspective too, is that. Not only was I a general auditor, but I consulted with audit departments all over the world. So I've seen a, a huge number of audit departments and, and a huge number of practices across those audit departments. And generally speaking, uh, I believe internal auditors are using technology to do the wrong things right uh, I mean, in, in, in SAP, uh, when I was at SAP, I undertook, uh, part, of my, part of my marketing hat on, marketing people do these things, I undertook to develop a value calculator. Uh, we developed value calculators for others, uh, other solutions we had at SAP. And basically, it was a tool we would provide our, you know, our salespeople to go to customers and show them how they could add value by introducing an SAP solution. Uh, and I was assigned some expert, experts in value calculation and those sorts of skills. We simply could not find a way to demonstrate that audit added value nor could we find a way to demonstrate that automating the audit practices added value. The only way we could demonstrate a cost savings or any benefit from the, this is my conclusion, just from the, uh, from the process, from automating the process, is you could do the same amount of work with fewer people. That was it. So you could do less. Uh, I, I mean, technology should be transformative. Uh, digital innovation has the potential to change the world. Um, one of my premises is that data is control. The kinds of things that auditors look at, segregation of duties, reconciliations, uh, all these sorts of things, approvals, that's not control anymore. Data is control. 
And in my view, uh, auditors could uh, do well to to adopt that kind of that kind of attitude. I'll give you an example. Uh, it's a simple example. I was in Europe a few years ago with SAP at a conference today. Before I left, I just got a new Visa card. My old one had expired. I can't recall. I got a new one. I happened to use it to go to a restaurant. Uh, I think it was in Vienna. I'm not sure where it was. And uh, got a call about an hour later from Visa security department. They said, uh, um, they said uh, we just noticed your, your card was used at a restaurant. Uh, and it's now being used to book a flight. I've got a customer standing by booking a flight to Bulgaria or something using your credit card. Is that you? And I said, no, it's not me. In fact, you just woke me up. I'm sleeping in my hotel room. But the point is that if, if, if you can identify an anomalous transaction from among millions of transactions representing billions of trillions of dollars instantly, that's control. So I believe, among other things, that what auditors should be doing is using digital technology to identify uh, anomalies identify where perhaps segregation of duties are taking place, to identify perhaps where uh, reconciliations are done, to identify perhaps where managers are spending money or authorizing purchases uh, outside their jurisdiction. Uh, I believe you can use data to identify where businesses are performing, where there's anomalies, where there's deficiencies, where there's irregularities. And I don't see auditors doing that. I see auditors doing the same old thing, the same old way. Uh, and go, getting nowhere at the speed of light. That's that's basically my premise there. <laughs> and it's it. No, I mean, yeah. you might think I'm being critical of auditors. I, I'm not critical of auditors. I work with auditors. I am. You know, most of my business contacts are auditors. They're competent, passionate, intelligent people. Badly led, in my view. I, I think we can do a better job. And I think what attracts auditors to the profession is the hope, is the potential, uh, the freedom to to go and you know make recommendations and, and innovate. And I think to some extent they're stifled by uh, a mission that really doesn't help them very much. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's a good point. Uh, definitely, to me, what attracts me to the profession is just the diversity and how much you're learning. And, sure. you know, definitely the, you know, the recommendations and being an agent of change, yeah. right? And actually changing yep. organizations. Yep. So switching gears here a little bit, you know, and going back to, because I was looking at your LinkedIn profile and uh, some more, you know, possible controversial statements out there and things that are maybe a little non-conforming, right? So just spur the discussion here. Uh, one thing that you said is uh, internal auditors, IIA should get out of COSO. What are your thoughts behind that statement? No, no disrespect to COSO. Um, I know a lot of the folks at a CEO of the COSO organization. I highly regard them. I simply don't see the synergy there. Where's the synergy? Used to be there. Um, I, I believed when I became an internal auditor years ago, and this is hey, several decades ago, that really the only integrated view you could have of an entity was its financial statements. Nothing else is really integrated. You wanted to phone a different office, you had to get the phone book for that different office. You wanted to look at people, you had to kind of go to 15 different places. Uh, so I believe it was important uh, and that COSIL and, you know, had, had some synergy. The members of COSIL had some synergy. Uh, when it came to making sure the financial statements were, were accurate and reliable. But I believe that the synergy is gone. Uh, 
I don't believe, I think obviously financial statements are so important, but I believe there's huge amounts of data that aren't on financial statements that drive performance and uh, reflect performance. Uh, you look at, look at Netflix, what happened to the stock price recently when their subscribers dropped? I don't see, I mean, I'm sure subscribers' numbers are someplace in the, in the filings of Netflix, but do auditors look at the things that Netflix is, Netflix is doing to retain subscribers? I, I kind of doubt it. They should be, but they're not. Uh, when I was with SAP, they, the single thing that analysts looked at was growth in cloud revenue. This was a subscription service. Uh, they looked at total revenue, of course, the total revenue rolled in no matter what you did, but they wanted to see growth in cloud revenue. And to the extent we achieved the double digit growth in cloud revenue, share price went up. Uh, when I was in the oil and gas business, uh, the thing that drove uh, value, shareholder value was the uh, crude oil and gas reserves in the ground. Didn't matter how many refineries you had, it was your ability to find and explore and produce oil and gas reserves. And the analysts would take, a, you know, you disclose your oil and gas reserves in your, in your financial products. Analysts would take that and multiply it by a number, and that's the value of the company. So I guess what I'm saying is that uh, the, the synergy that might once have existed that would have uh, made, uh, it would have been valuable, and it was valuable in the creation of Coastal, really isn't there anymore. What you need to do is bring in ISO. I mean, where's the ISO risk management field? Why was he somebody there from ISO 31,000? I want to people there. I want to see people there with uh, that are interested, that have experience with digital innovation, artificial intelligence. Uh, I want to see people there with the decision science experience. Alex Sidorenko's kind of experience and knowledge. Alex applies his uh, his quantitative techniques to to risks. You need to comply the, to controls too. I mean, my, one of my premises is that every control will fail, and it'll fail at a predictable rate. And you should be able to use the same techniques that Sidorenko is using for analyzing risks to analyze control. So I want to see distinct insights. I want to see human behavior. I want to see organizational behavior. I want to see all those skill sets and all those knowledge blocks. And I don't see them in COSO. So it's not anything disrespectful about COSO. It's just I do not see where audit is today. Or more importantly, I do not see where audit should be today and tomorrow being synergistic with the... Uh, but the COSO organization, COSO can exist just fine without the IIA. And I think the IIA can move on and, and innovate. I think if anything, it's holding it back. I'm not sure IIA is doing anything for COSO, and I'm not sure COSO is doing anything for the IIA. Uh, I think both should exist. I just think it's time for the IIA to set out on its own path. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it makes sense. I think the Netflix example is really good and yeah. you know, something that people can, uh, it's been in the news recently. So, or the internal look, look, at, look, at, look at Twitter. Look at Twitter. Look at the right. uh, the the uh, gamesmanship on Twitter going for, over, you know, authenticating the number of Twitter accounts. Right, uh, right. So I don't. Are auditors looking at that? I'm, I don't know. <laughs> right. The, uh, you know, it's a valid question, right? Yeah. Um, I think it kind of reminds me of the conversation. I know you have, uh, you yeah. know, team, uh, Tim Leach. Uh, I worked. I worked with Tim for uh, yeah many, many, many years. So. Yeah. So objective centric type of approach, right? Yes. It's, it's yes. what's the main objective of the business and yes. that should be the goal. And I even had a conversation with uh, a managing partner of a 
of a firm in South Africa yesterday, and he mentioned that I try not to hire auditors to do the audit work because I want someone, <laughs> someone who has a you know different perspective. So yeah, um, another controversial topic here, you know, to to bring to the discussion. Um, and you correct me if I'm wrong in what in what I'm stating, but from what I've heard, you stated it in the past that the IIA is a feel good club. Yeah, what I do. do you mean by I that? Well, I, I'll tell you what I mean by that. I, I don't. There was a quote I might have made. I don't specifically remember making that quote. I won't deny it. I just it was maybe forty years ago, and probably reflected my <laughs> think at the time. And, and to some extent, it's, it remains unchanged. Uh, I will say in my defense that I have joined the IIA and contributed uh, to articles, uh, speeches, published articles in the magazines, made speeches at conferences, supported the IIA with uh, sponsorships for various various events. So I've been heavily involved in the IIA. But on the whole, um, I, 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 I don't believe, I mean, it gets back to the mission statement, uh, unless IIA has a mission that's measurable, uh, then it's then it's then it, then it's not adding much value. So uh, I think the IIA is a belief-based organization. I know that when I wrote my, I mean, I in the course of as a member of the IIA, when I was a member of the IIA, I wrote exams to become a CIA, share the very risk management experts, self assessment experts. I walked out of those exams, and in some of the cases, I were partially grandfathered, so the exams were a little bit shorter than perhaps the regular exams. I would say to myself, my gosh, I just wrote this exam for two or three hours, and uh, I don't recall any question on the exam ever being asked of me or any problem I encountered in the exam ever being encountered in real life, uh, that what they primarily were trying to do was to test my beliefs. Do you believe segregation of duties is the ultimate control that should be everywhere? Yes, of course. You have to answer that yes or you don't. Uh, so it tested my beliefs. Uh, I don't mind having beliefs, uh, but I, I want I want to be able to measure performance. Uh, so I want evidence based approaches. We talked earlier about the risk based approach. Show me that it works. We talked. Uh, we can talk about COSO. COSO being uh, allegedly a great control model and a great framework. Uh, prove that. I want evidence. Uh, I don't see. I don't see it. I don't see research supporting any of the paradigms. I may have missed some research because I have to confess I don't keep my reading up to date. These women, you're not a member, you don't get you don't get access to the material. But I want evidence. Uh, no other profession uh, would, would get away with the mission that the IIA has. If you want to understand uh, what tools and practices you can use, uh, look look at what the National Transportation Safety Board does after an aviation incident. So look at the detailed examination they provide, root cause analysis. Detailing performance safety measures. Uh, look at uh, look at any healthcare organization. I was the I was a, I was, a, I was on a board of a healthcare organization, and they can tell you statistically how they're doing in providing healthcare. They can talk about they can talk about uh, obesity incidence of uh, diabetes. They can talk about hospital stays. They can talk about death and childbirth. They can prove they've got statistics to track performance. Uh, you can look at uh, uh, anyway, non-governmental organizations, NGOs, look at the Bill and Linda McGates Foundation and look at the various initiatives they've undertaken and how they measure performance. I don't care what you think about Bill and Melinda Gates, but look at the work they're doing and look at how they measure performance. So uh, 
when if you don't have a if you performance must be measured. If you don't measure performance and your mission doesn't require you to measure performance, uh, you might be doing nice stuff, but it's you got to measure performance. Unless you measure performance, you're just dealing with hopes and dreams. I don't want hopes and dreams, but I want performance. So that's where I'm coming from. Yeah, understood. Um, I guess my follow-up question to that would be, in your view, and you know, it can be just one or two things, what would you say are the most important things to measure in internal okay. audit? For sure, audit has to develop some kind of reporting framework. If you looked at some of the articles we sent, I sent you uh, uh, with, with respect to the self-assessment initiative, this is back in about 1990, better reporting framework. We could discern the types of controls that existed in the business before Coastal was even invented. And we could determine a level of those controls. And we were able to provide a strategic perspective to the business. So you could take, so what, what the IA has to do is, is develop a taxonomy. I don't think the Coastal taxonomy is a good one, but it's better than nothing. And identify the way and the types of controls and, and the relative level of those controls in an organization. I know it's abstract. But we're dealing with accounting and they can do things like deferred taxes and all kinds of other esoteric accounting recording concepts that are abstract and subjective. It's, it's, it's a start. Uh, so I think you could, you could do that. Uh, you have to, as a minimum, develop root cause analysis. You have to understand the root cause. You have to connect the dots. You have to understand uh, what goes wrong. You have to have incident reporting and you have to categorize incidents. You have to categorize root causes as well. So if you can identify incidents and track incidents, as these other inst institutions do, if you can uh, identify the root cause of failure and track the root cause of failure, then you can build a reporting uh, internal inter control framework that will address the root cause of failure. And if you can address the root cause of failure, you're going to get performance. Uh, and all you can hope to do is get performance that beats your competitors and uh, achieve performance in the, in the value-adding parts of your business. Uh, a wonderfully performing accounts payable to property might be nice, but paying your bills doesn't add value. You got to do it. So that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for some taxonomy that allows you to uh, categorize uh, controls, categorize root cause of failure, categorize incidents, and connect the dots. What kind of incidents cause what kinds of failures and what kinds of controls do we have, have to have in place to mitigate them? And what's the role of human behavior in this? And what's the role of executive compensation in this? And what's the role of technology in this? That's the kind of thing I think we need to do. Hasn't happened in my, in my career, in the auditing profession. And worse than that, I've seen examples of dashboards that do exactly what I'm talking about, not necessarily dashboards that I've built that are utterly rejected by traditional auditors and traditional control people. I've seen a database one of my colleagues built it in one of my companies, one of my employers that listed hundreds and hundreds of controls, didn't categorize those controls in any way, didn't link those controls to risks, didn't link those controls to business objectives, didn't link those controls to anything. Just a big, dirty mish of controls, some of which were rated good, some of which were rated bad, but without any link to value, without any link to performance, without any link to anything, just there they were. So that's a long answer to your short question, John. Hope it made sense. No, it makes it makes total sense. And I, I love the idea of categorizing incidents and root cause analysis. That could be, you know, a separate, separate conversation here. So really appreciate your time on the podcast, Bruce. 
for those who are interested in connecting with you, just learning more about what you do. I know that you mentioned that you're retired, but you're still doing some consulting work. So for those who want to uh, reach out to you and just connect with you, what's the best way for them to do so? Well, you can uh, uh, find me on LinkedIn. Uh, my email address is bruce at com. And uh, my contact information, the rest of my contact information should be there as well. I can provide you with the phone number if you wish. John, if you're going to circulate that, uh, 416-312-7127. All right. Thank you so much, Bruce. Appreciate it. Thanks, John.